0: Secrets of the Sire.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. All the stuff that you love to talk about, uh, we do it on the Sire Studios digital network. That's secretsofthesire.com, uh, youtube.com, slash sirestudios, facebook.com, slash Sire, and twitch.tv, slash Sire. Uh, we turn this all into a podcast that you can get on all major podcasting apps, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, and the Castworks Comedy Network, I'm your host, Michael Dolce, as always, joined by my co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Hassan Godwin, Lord of the Livestream. How you doing, sir? Uh,
2: I miss being Lord of the Radio. Mm. You go back and forth. You, you, A few
1: weeks ago, you loved Lord of the Livestream. So,
2: you know. I, I didn't say I don't love it. Mm. I just said I miss being Lord of the Radio. You so know, I had more a scene. The radio goes back a little ways
1: longer, That's a good point. You know? Good point. I, uh, I agree with you on that.
2: Uh, yeah, it's so, a little more like royalty.
1: So if you caught last week's show, which I know you caught last week's show because you were yeah. here making it yeah. with us, uh, we, didn't, we didn't know what was we were going to talk about today. Uh, and then all this stuff happens, which is, which is great for us. So tonight, <laughs> Oscar's So Superhero, Birds of Prey versus Morbius trailer. Look at that. And uh, we're going to spin the latest comics to film uh racks uh, but we'll start with some opening credits um for you know a couple little tidbits here dr strange loses its director i don't know if you mm, caught that at all I uh, saw scott, that, yeah. scott derrickson that was last week uh has decided to drop out over creative differences which is always the case does this this doesn't seem to really happen to marvel very often does it like i, I can you remember can you list directors that they've lost i don't really MC- I lost
2: a, the the uh, director for Ant Man. I forget what his name was. Oh um,
1: yeah. Okay. All
2: right. Uh, oh darn. Not. Uh, oh, and I like his. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Okay. I like his. Uh, I like his work, but um, but I can't remember his name right off the bat. But yeah, we lost him. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't get him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, no. Not really. Yeah, um, I'm
1: curious as to what. What that's going to mean for this, because this this movie Doctor Strange, uh, according to all the chatter, is really going to set up, or or be yeah, set up a- by that by that Wanda um, Vision, Wanda Vision uh, show on Disney Plus. So it's just it's interesting, you know, when they're trying to weave a Phase Four or a fourth volume at this point of the MCU to kind of lose the director here this far into it, where you you for the most part have no you know, I, not that you're on autopilot, but I feel that like by this point, Marvel has to just be kind of this, you know, well-oiled machine. To lose a director,
2: Edgar know. Wright for Am.
1: That's it. There you go. Yeah. You know, just interesting. It, 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 again, I'm not gonna, not gonna like shout to the heavens and say it's all coming down the dynasty is over
2: no probably not i mean it's just a thing and then yeah. happens i'm surprised it doesn't happen more than than um it already has for marvel they made like 21 movies yeah. in, in the course of the last 10 years and um they've only lost what these there's only one other incident that we can think of where yeah. that actually happened um so yeah so it, it happens i don't think it's a disaster
1: yeah, I know. The creative I don't
2: difference so. is every one of these guys is like an artist or an artiste mm-hmm. depending on what he, you, know. Some of these guys are, you know, and the, by the nature of the business, some of these guys are really young. Like these are new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're bringing out they're bringing in new talent, they're bringing in new mm-hmm. people to who have their own visions. You know, they came in they they might have done something with one movie that was really great. This is this is what happened yeah. with the, uh, Trevorrow for, uh for for uh, Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. He did it. You know, he did a, he, he impressed, uh, Steven Spielberg. They got, they gave him Jurassic world. He made a billion dollars <laughs> with Jurassic world. <laughs> yeah. So then they, you know, he became a hot new director. And then they give him Trevorrow, Trevorrow, Trevorrow. Hmm. Trevorrow. Okay. okay. And then they gave him, rise they gave Skywalker. him, yeah, it was not rise of Skywalker <laughs> at the time, but they gave him episode, episode nine.
1: nine. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know you, we all know how that ended right yeah. so and and you know there are varying stories about exactly why or what the what the, mm-hmm. the nature yeah. of situation was but like i said these guys are young some of them don't like they're not ron howard you know ron howard knows how to navigate like right. if someone's going to someone's going to mouth off to ron howard he's going to be like yeah okay dude you know yeah okay millennial right and he's he's going to move on but th- there may be friction with younger yeah. Directors who don't quite know the business yet. Yeah, and so we get uh, other
1: MCU news before we get over to our Oscar So superhero talk, uh, which I'm really excited about because there's there's some really good uh, Oscar noms that that took place. Uh, Disney says New Mutants is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, and we did our New Mutants trailer, Truth and Trash, which you can go check out our review on YouTube and all the fun places that we have our podcast and our video live stream out. Um, according to Disney's official newsletter for the D23 fan club, this is uh, according to ComicBook.com. Uh, new mutants is officially part of the Marvel universe because it says there's a seriously electrifying new addition to the Marvel cinematic universe. And it comes in the form <laughs> of the latest from 20th century Fox and Marvel entertainment. Uh, now this could be a mistake They're They're noting as the official Disney newsletter might've mixed up a few wires and, or if you think about it, maybe s- semantically it's just some marketing. It's probably like, first of all, it's probably some marketing intern, it's probably like seventeen, oh, and they're like, can oh, so you're already, like, can you can you uh, fill you're out? Giving this? them their
2: outspin, you're giving them their their like their ability to spin out of it."
1: Well, I I mean, it's not like Kevin Feige has actually come out and said it. In fact, I mean, we were all surprised. We even saw a trailer. We I, I looked over under whether this movie was even going to come out, even though it was on the schedule. Um, True, you know. So so for it to go this length, um.
2: I, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think I think your instincts are correct. We'll wait for, we'll wait for five year one of his uh, upper echelon to to say that this is officially part. Yeah. I mean, and and because I'm I think, guarantee they're all gonna they're gonna wait to see how well the movie does.
1: Yeah. But you think, think about it though too. I mean, this is the first entrance of mutants in the Marvel universe. If that's the case.
2: That's what I'm saying. I I think they're gonna wait kind if, of a if big it deal. is a runaway hit, then yeah. they'll say, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna absorb this into the uh, into the, the, the MCU. But if it's not, if it turns into another Dark Phoenix, yeah, you know, they're gonna talk about contractual obligations. and yeah. we, you know, blah blah blah. You know, and we we were uh, unable to not release this due to you know legalities, and, mm-hmm. uh, we mm-hmm. we're unforeseen, and yada yada yada. But I mean, if it turns into a Joker movie, I know. Then they're going to be and like, now. oh, and now we're going to make 10 more just like it. <laughs> Enjoy.
1: <laughs> that was our opening credits. Uh, now, shifting to this, this is the first topic I really want to talk about. So, again, last week – Wait, I you
2: didn't to- want to talk about those other topics? You were, you were not did. interested? No, I just <laughs> did. I wanted to, I wanted to update but our you audience. You that this, this, this topic, this particular topic is I wanted, the to, I
1: wanted to. I wanted to – look, I am all about educating our uh, listeners – in case they miss these news, you know, or maybe maybe we're the one calling this information for them. And, okay. and that's, that's what makes me feel right. good about it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, The between this week and last week, we really I was sitting there like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I don't know what we're really going to talk about next week. Uh, that was no joke when when You last should week never reveal
2: life, that, by the way. But that we that we sometimes feel topicless. We feel we that should, like every week. <laughs> yeah, but we should reveal that. Oh, that's okay. what I'm saying. We should. Um, we should. Be all we're always on top of the game, man. Behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That's for the patreons.
1: And, <laughs> Darren Sanchez. <laughs> so, then all of a sudden, you know, I remembered. It from last year too this happens every year at the beginning of the year also oscar nominations this time of year golden globes were last week uh the golden globe awards were last week and immediately after comes uh, like critics choice it's like this endless fury flurry of awards and this year um oscar nominations were announced monday of this week and we got scarlett johansson we got adam driver we've got joker We've got Rise of Skywalker. We got Avengers Endgame. We've got all of these major movies slash actors and actresses part of the Oscar nominations. So in the pop culture universe, uh, we've even got, you know, guest guest voices slash directors uh, in Taiki Watiti. Uh, Best Picture nominations out. Irishman obviously is one of the big big ones once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, but Jojo Rabbit got nominated, and that was directed by Taiki Watiti, the uh, Thor Ragnarok. Taika?
2: Taika? Is it Taika? Taika. I think it's
1: Taika. It was Taiki, but I, I could be wrong. I think and, it's Taika and I'm probably butchering. Taika Watiti? Okay. Yeah. I'll go with that version, just so that we're unified. You
2: know, just so whatever. you can blame it on me if it's wrong. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah. you see right, you see right yeah. through me. I know. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Par- Parasite,
1: which is not, again, a, a comic book movie, but just – It's not a comedian movie,
2: right, isn't it? Yeah,
1: but it's a genre movie, and that typically does not get the recognition, Um, Mm -hmm. but it got nominated for Best Picture and nominated for Best Foreign uh, Pictures. Oh,
0: precedent.
1: Uh, Yeah, and of course, the big one was Todd Phillips' Joker. Not only did Todd Phillips' Joker get a Best Picture nomination, he got a Best Director nomination for Joker, which that, to me, I think is a first, right? Because Christopher Nolan got snubbed all those years for batman or did he not did he did he get nominated for director
2: i don't think so i think he i think i got i got nominated for best picture but he Mm. didn't get nominated well he no he didn't even no
1: it did not get nominated for best picture that was one of the big that was one of the reasons why they expanded the genre um oh whoa Whoa. i didn't
2: know that Yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't know that i'm gonna have to look that up
1: yeah, I'm just I'm I'm looking up right now whether he was ever nominated for best director for Batman, but I don't think he was. Uh, but I don't believe
2: he was. I'm I'm pretty sure he wasn't because the word snubbed comes up a lot with uh, Nolan, and you don't get you don't get snubbed if you're nominated. <laughs> yeah, they, I know. To, you don't, they don't apply the s word to you if you're not
1: Yeah. All right. So Facebook, Facebook people, YouTube people out there, please, please let us know, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll revisit that. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix got his expected. Oscar nom, and he's the favorite to win. I mean, this it, this thing—if you're not Jared Leto, and if you get nominated for the Joker, you're going to win. Like, I, I don't think there's any. The only competition I think he's going to have now, ironically, Adam Driver, nominated not for Kylo Ren, settle down, people, uh, but for his uh, depiction uh, in *Marriage Story* of a, of a marriage falling apart. Um, opposite, he got—he
2: got, he got uh, to to answer your question. He got nothing for *Dark Knight*. Yeah. So he got a, he had a nomination for best screenplay for uh, Inception. Right. He got a nomination for best picture for Inception. Inception, Yeah. He got a nomination for best director for Dunkirk, which is deserved. Well deserved. He got a nomination for best picture for Dunkirk. And he actually got a nomination for best screenplay for Memento. Memento. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Back in 2002. Yeah. But nothing for Dark Knight. Nothing for Dark Knight. It was a, it was a complete uh, bypass.
1: Yeah. And uh, Scarlett Johansson also nominated for Marriage Story. She's actually been nominated both for Best Actress and for Best Supporting Actress, all in one. So again, uh, Black Widow. Um, it,
2: it, obviously, not. playing Yeah, the Black minute Widow. she steps out of the MCU, she starts yeah. get, getting accolades and stuff like that again. She,
1: Best Supporting Actress: Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Margot Robbie gets a nomination for Bombshells. So I mean, we got a lot of folks uh, in this Best Original it's Score. Gonna
2: be a, it's going to be a contested evening. It'd be interesting it's gonna right be a, yeah it's gonna be a heavy
1: evening yeah joker and uh, star wars rise of skywalker for best original score joker for cinematography best sound mixing for rise of skywalker and finally best visual effects rise of skywalker and avengers endgame uh however That's usually I think-
2: how they get they get kind of brushed to the side with that they get the uh, visual stuff yeah. nobody get to. Uh, nobody gets best Actor or best director or best screenplay anything like that for those kind of movies Well
1: but that's what makes Todd Phillips getting for director actually I think pretty impressive
2: but I mean in the comic book movies there's been precedence with Logan they've I mean've yeah. we've, we've we've been there you know um, not it's, best not, director. it's not
1: no not best director yet there has never
2: been because he didn't but I'm mean, saying that they, they, they broke the ceiling by being, becoming they're, they're getting genuine uh, nominations for genuine uh, movie artistry as yeah. opposed to special effects and you know great best sound. They used to give Star Wars best right. sound all right. the time. You right. know, and it was like, come on, like they were they were totally snubbed. Now, arguably maybe they weren't the works of art that the the economy <laughs> wanted to exalt. So therefore they did not get the nomination. But um it's it's it the precedent we already had the precedence with no uh, with Logan. Now, yeah, but again, he didn't need, get he didn't
1: get a he didn't get a best director nomination. There's never been a comic
2: book movie. You're not best director. you're you're yes you're specifying that. Yeah, yeah no, talking that's about you. them break they have broken the ceiling. So now it's a matter of them being taken seriously. Now it's a matter of them actually getting the award. That's the next year. But I mean, the fact that they got nominated, yeah, was was a breaking of the ceiling in and of itself, as opposed to it's like a periphery sure. um, nomination of like you know best. Best Hairstylist, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to put any of those people down. No, under um, The major
1: categories, the main. Yeah, categories.
2: exactly, exactly. So we'll see. Now, we'll see
1: what There was a little bit of controversy in this. Uh, Ice Ray, uh, who helped announce it with John Cho, uh, threw out a little shade because all the Best Director nominees, and that's kind of where I was going with the Todd Phillips thing too. Uh, when she announced all the winners, she said, "Congratulations to those men," and she kind of gave a look. Uh, because she was very upset that there was no women directors nominated. And it's interesting to me, because now it's this year, also, they're saying there's it's a lack of inclusion in the nominees. But if I recall, didn't they revamp the whole system last year? and wasn't like there were a record number of uh, you know diverse nominees and stuff like that? So how from year one to year two, within the same system, did it not, you know, did it not play out?
2: I don't know. Um, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> there, <laughs> there are 150 reasons from the outlandish to the, you know, to the circumstantial, right? Yeah. Like circumstantially, maybe none, nobody, nobody of note made a movie this year or made, you know, made anything that was worthy of being considered this year. that's that's what you would want to call the innocent circumstantial. Well, listen uh, listen to
1: this, right? So Academy members from each of the 17 branches vote to determine the nominees in their respective categories, meaning actors nominate actors, film editors nominate film editors, and so on. Um, And there were some snubs. I mean, Jennifer Lopez, they said, you know, they think she should have gotten in the Best Supporting Actress category. Uh, Aquafina however she was put in the best actress category not best supporting like that's what they pushed her for and they think that might have been why she got snubbed uh little women's uh greta gerwig uh was the most glaring omission for director
2: yeah because they've been talking about that movie for uh, for weeks and weeks yeah. and weeks as, as uh, pretty much oscar bait
1: yeah well it got a, the it fact got a,
2: to find out
1: it got a best picture nom but but you know that's that, i get again that kind of, to me it goes back to the christopher nolan thing right like you know the movies themselves. Sometimes they give you, you know. Sometimes people kind of like, you know, parse their vote out, and and it's two things.
2: Here we'll 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 mark it as two things, right? On the on the one hand, she's got every right to feel that more women should be nominated,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then having a platform, she's got every right to say something about. It. Yeah, we have every right to either take her seriously or not agree. Right, um, you could argue that if Little Women was nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. then that is a that is a uh, female director who is getting an accolade. You know, right. because you can't win Best Picture if it wasn't you know directed. I don't understand the difference between Best Director and Best Picture because if you win a Best Director, well, then the best. How pi- could y- the
1: difference is there's there's only five possible nominees for Best Director versus there's up to 10 for best picture that's really the difference
2: but i'm saying in general how can you win a best picture yet you want the best director yeah i don't know that year you know? no, no. or how could you win for best director but the picture you directed wasn't how do we know you're the best how do we know from watching this picture that you are the best director if we don't consider your picture the best picture it, it, that's what's, that's what's yeah. kind of messed and, and up I'm looking, about And
1: I'm that. looking at the directors though too and you got three, of, three directors here that are just I mean you got Scorsese, Tarantino, and Mendez, right for 1917 which you saw and you said was one of the most amazing movies you've seen it's
2: it's, uh, it's, I, I, it's pretty wonderful yeah, <laughs> it's it's just wonderful. It's just, I mean, it, the 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 issue with it is that it doesn't really. It's not pretentious. You mm-hmm. pretty much know it's wonderful when you sit down in it. It's yeah, not yeah. one of those movies where I've discovered this great. I mean, it's it it's you kind of know yeah. from the footage. It's oh, this is going to be great, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, you sit down. Oh, the and word of mouth. On,
1: the word of mouth is tremendous on that. Right? Yeah,
2: it's they really. It's it's really good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so you're saying uh, you're saying all, Scorsese and Scorsese, Tarantino and Mendes, and Mendes, Tarantino.
1: I mean, those are yeah. those are three of the greatest directors of all time. Okay. Uh, I would not. I would probably rank them in that order. In fact, Scorsese, Tarantino, then Mendes. Um, you have Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho for Parasite got nominated for best director also. So I mean, there is inclusion in that. It's just not female inclusion. Um, but then you have Todd Phillips, The Joker. And That's you know, it's like if if there's like one slot you know joker joker ended up leading all nominations by the way with 11 nominations is that crazy like is it like what world are we living I, in right
2: i tend to think so only because i've seen that movie <laughs> and i mean look i enjoyed the movie i think it was a good movie okay you know like it's like
1: it's really i know let's see Joaquin Phoenix i think will win and should win i think that's
2: i and i you know what if he walks away with the with the award, I will say he's it was well earned. Yeah. Right. I will say he deserved to win that award. That's fine. But the, the all those other accolades for the picture in and of itself. It's,
1: uh, that one, that one got me a little doesn't make took much me a little bit, bit by me. surprise. That took me a little because bit by there's
2: surprise. nothing. It's I mean other than cine, cinematography, which was fantastic. Yeah. And they didn't. He didn't get. I don't know if he got nominated. They get. Did he get nominated for best cinematography? Yes. yes. Yep. Okay, that's excellent. Um. There's nothing really all that special yeah about the movie itself um we've seen a we've seen a number of, i mean it's just it it captured the zeitgeist right it's yeah. a zeitgeist film so like it's got it's it's got those societal linkages that uh you know that make it you know make it a very relevant very very happening very eye opening film for the time being and so i mean we just have to deal with that i um personally. Think there were better movies, and I think this particular—I think the Joker in and of itself could have been a better movie. Um, yeah, even though I enjoyed it, I—I I just don't. I—I I think they're doing it a disservice by exalting it to be as big as it is. I think it would have done better if it yeah. if it got recognized as a great as a great film, but then didn't get heaped on. You know, all this. All this, all this other baggage that's getting attached to it, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um. But you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, what do I know? It's uh, it's
1: going to be a very interesting Oscar. Oscar's so superhero. But right. no
2: women. <laughs> Don't invite no women does. to your Oscar parties. Well,
1: just not for director. I, you know, again, do we have to? I mean, can't, like, Uh-oh. is no, there no. going to be
2: no no like complaints no,
1: no, no. every year now? Is Maybe is what it's gonna be?
2: Maybe. Why Maybe. shouldn't they complain? Why shouldn't people who want things be upset about not getting what they want? I g I don't know. I
1: don't
2: know. Just after, it doesn't right? mean that we are uh, we are obligated to adhere to the complaints. I'm, not, I mean, saying, just I'm to... not saying like everything
1: is like fixed, like in terms of um, you know, there was a there was an issue, so they addressed it, um, which they did, and that the system works hundred percent perfectly.
2: Uh it just so it what just, do you want like people to just be happy? <laughs> you gotta be careful that's what I'm saying we gotta be careful with that that mentality you know because that's a parsing mentality that's the that's the mm. that's the pr- proportional uh, you know argument like we, we gave you we gave you diversity last year so you shut up now. But we didn't you know,
1: it, no, no 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 but that's what I'm saying it wasn't like there was token nominations last year like they revamped the system they invited they, ex- they excluded a lot of the older get, members I they included you. a lot of new people uh, they revamped the academy. I mean, they did all these things. The outcome, okay, not, not I'll be, make a, favorable
2: is is just it's it's. it's I'll just, make society a counter proposal. I'll make exactly. it a counter proposal. Um, society's upset now that uh, no matter what, there's someone always complaining about yeah. something, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and we would, and you would say that that's pretty fair, right? Yes. That's that's pretty uh, that's a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. My counter proposal to that is, we should stop getting upset that people are complaining. Mm. it's just noise you know people are just making noise and people you know, are making noise because they have platforms and the ability to make noise do you and know it's really funny sh- though we should reduce how effective those platforms are on getting our uh undivided attention
1: do you know it's really funny though uh john cho looked like mike myers when Kanye west went on saturday Night live and said george w bush does not care about black people because um, you could just see John Cho's like, like <laughs> Gabe was like, "Oh yeah, she just went there." Okay, I got gotcha. you. It was uh, it was uh, it was kind of entertaining to see. You know what else was entertaining?
2: All right, I guess. Okay.
1: <laughs> Not one, but two new movie trailers all debuting in the past week. Uh, we have got Birds of Play- Birds of Prey trailer two taking on Morbius in our trailer truth or trash face off when we come back. Check out the all new Sire Studios website, SireStudiosInc.com. Find all your back issues for The Sire, Mainstream, Undone, and more, and be on the lookout for news and announcements, convention appearances, and brand new podcasts coming to Sire Studios. That address again is (laughs) SireStudiosInc.com. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons, dedicated fans, Tom Osa, Craig Caruso, Einar Peterson, Matt Bayer, Omar Morales, Brian Phillips, our program director, Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Go to patreon.com slash secrets of the sire for some exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff, like our show outline uh, with lots of artwork, our exclusive uh, streams, like we did when we shot the live show at uh, Funny Business in Nyack, and much more. That's Patreon.com/slash Secrets of the Sire. All right, Thursday hits it's the day after our podcast. I get to breathe a sigh of relief because we've done another show. It was the greatest show known to mankind, as it always is. And then birds of Tra- birds of prey trailer two comes right out. I'm like, I'm like, part of me is like, all right, well, this is good because now we got more stuff to talk about next week. That's great. I'm a little pissed. I'm like, damn, you know, we could have squeezed it in somehow. Then, oh Monday Always
2: night...
1: someone complaining. I know. <laughs> Good thing I have a platform. Uh, it, it's <laughs> then, on we Monday... Should, we should
2: stop listening to your complaints. Then, <laughs> on Monday... turn your platform off.
1: Then, on Monday, it's announced Pearl Jam will have a new record out and a tour, which has nothing to do with the trailers. I just thought it was kind of cool to announce that. Uh, anyway. Then, Morbius debuts a morbius trailer this is one of those trailers too this is the first trailer versus a birds of prey trailer which is number two and i'll i'll, I'll give you my take on the birds of trade P- birds of trey i keep saying birds of prey trailer uh shortly morbius is just <laughs> I, I didn't even mean to do this pardon the uh pun bat shit crazy right is that one of like the the, the craziest like looking trailers it's like all over the place but at the it's same
2: very time- it's very busy but at <laughs> it's the same time it kind of
1: kind of at the same time kind of hits a couple things like you get to see him look like morbius by the end and you kind of you know you get to see a couple little like little easter eggs thrown in there and but it's it's this like sony spider-man like what are, i don't know man i you know i kind of all over the place right
2: uh yeah i I'm, i for the first time i i kind of understood comic book fatigue watching that trailer Mm. only because um obviously it's going to be an origin story and i think like i said before this is a guy who's got some kind of thing wrong with him so he goes to the hospital takes it and takes a a shot full of thing to to quell the thing that's in him and it turns him into a thing and that you know that that other people you know decide it's a thing to be afraid of mm-hmm. or you know either that or he turns the tide on whatever the thing is and then he attacks he uses his thing to attack other people's things yeah and it's it's a it's a tried and true formula but it's not exciting anymore yeah. i mean like the the trailer in and of itself i don't think it excited me i'm not a morbius fan so that's probably what part of my problem is. That's And I, I acknowledge there it's is my no, problem. There's
1: no Morbius fan. Like, I can't imagine there's some diehard like, fan out there being like, I can't believe they ruined Morbius. Jared Leto, no. Or like... There I can't, are. I can't there's got to be. We just I talked about people being
2: outraged about everything.
1: I can't even be m Someone exists. Imagine. No, no, no. But just even for that... Uh, kind of reaction, flip the scales the other way. I can't imagine there's somebody out there like, yes.
2: He's one of the Midnight
1: Suns. We got Morbius. We've been waiting so long. Like, no. Like, you're
2: kind of like. Now, which- isn't Blade one of the Midnight Suns also? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they've got Morbius and in, in Sony, and my MCU is doing Blade. Yeah. So, hmm. Yeah, that, Set it up.
1: But that Sony partnership is so fragile. I can't imagine it's. I just can't imagine it's going to lead where I think it's going to lead, and especially with or, or where you think it's going to lead. But also, I mean, this is Sony. They're they're not really, you know, they're not really ahead of what they're doing. You know, that they're, they're kind of like yeah. they're just kind of just they're flying by the seat of their pants here. They're like, we have these properties, things are making money. Yeah, they're we need holding to on money. tight. They're holding uh, on
2: really tight. And
1: we're just, you know, they're just kind of ho- like Venom was was not uh, surprisingly did not get an Oscar nom, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, it got snubbed. <laughs> yes, yes, it was robbed. But it, it managed was robbed, to make it managed to make a lot of money. So, yes, it did. I mean, yes, that's kind of what it is. All right, before we go to the Birds of Prey trailer, uh, is that Vulture Michael Keaton in the back? Because see, then then in I'm Morbius. Just, I'm Mor- completely baffled at that point if that is if that is vulture michael keaton now now i just i, I have well no idea. it is
2: spider-man it is in the spider-man I universe
1: saying and they they made it a point so, to it's from the studio that brought you spider-man
2: home so it must be it must be the vulture it right must be vulture i but don't like, know why vulture is with the midnight suns but it must be the vulture
1: i know i and i know there's a reason i know people are you know they're they're commenting already as to like no you're wrong but um you know it just,
2: it's... I don't see why you would include Michael Keaton in there if he was in Vulture. If you didn't have that linkage, why would you? Why would it be? Why would it be confusing? You could argue that uh, Jared Leto is the Joker and now he's Morbius, but it's jumping. It's genre jumping. It's uh, it's it's uh franchise jumping. So it he it doesn't. It's not complicated traffic for him to be one or the other, right? But if you're gonna throw Michael Keaton in there, who is in the MCU, as the
1: vulture, and this is according to yeah, no, so I'm looking this up. According to Sci Fi Wire, um, he seems to be reprising his Spider-Man Homecoming role because okay. the Spider-Man graffiti in the background seems to clinch the fact that this film will tie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. See, of I course, don't, it will. Just I like Venom
2: supposedly is in the Marvel, the MCU. It's yeah. just, it's just not officially recognized, but it's in the it's in the uh, Spider-Man universe, which is, which is MCU adjacent. You know, I know, which is know. In, the, in the doorstep of the MCU.
1: And and you've also got the idea of a Sinister Six now, too. Uh, Vulture, Shocker, Scorpion, Mysterio. Yeah,
2: movies. it's, it's weird they're going to push that, that Sony's going to keep pushing that. Because mer- you remember with um, Amazing Spider-Man, those two movies, that they had decided they were going to make a, a shared universe with the Sinister Six. They were, each of the Sinister Six were going to get their own movie with, this, with the start of uh, Shocker yeah shocker was going to get his own you know um electro excuse me he was going to get his own movie um i don't know starting I, with uh I, I, my head starting actually. with amazing spider-man and then they were going to give they had yeah. they, they brought in dane DeHaan. dane dehan was going to put together the sinister six that was going to it was going to supposedly be its own franchise and we were all talking about yeah. how ridiculous it is for you to try to make a universe out of one property you know just because you have uh but just because Spider Man's got a rogues gallery of villains, I which know. you're gonna you're you're gonna make each and every one of these people interesting enough to have their own movie, but then they're still all supposed to be bad guys that Spider Man's gonna fight, even though Spider Man's only in one movie. It was it's crazy, but there's still apparently there's still seeds of this going on. I know because they made a Venom that's movie. That's my point.
1: Like I, my head, I can't even wrap my head around the 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 tangential like universe strands like of this uh, and again pardon the pun uh this spider web of tapestry oh, uh, is kind of
2: come on yeah yeah come on dude flip
1: over to all dc right. for a second birds no. of prey trailer <laughs> comes out uh last week two impressions i get from it first of all margot Robbie is margot Robbie. she's just a star isn't she like i mean i am i am transfixed by every single clip in this trailer even more so than the first trailer
2: weirdly enough i agree with you i think she's great i just don't like her harley quinn yeah i think she's great to look at i think she's a great character i just wouldn't want to call her harley quinn yes because harley quinn is such a a, you know the from the uh, from the animated series it's such it's such a unique and different kind of character yeah no
1: no she just she's a she totally stands out and that leads me to my second point this is really still a Harley Quinn solo movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, you know, the the arguments were, well, when the first trailer came out, well, we're going to see some of the other characters. They're going to focus on those other characters in the next couple trailers. This is just to introduce the character. They introduced all these characters. They don't look anything like the, the characters are supposed to be. You know, it was funny at one point, you know, they're flashing, you know, Black Canary, Huntress, uh, another character I don't even know the name of, <laughs> and Renee Montoya. And I'm like, Oh, Rosie Perez Renee Montoya? Okay, I see that. Huntress, <laughs> Huntress, though, what that doesn't look like Huntress. Black Canary, yeah, that, that ain't the Black yeah. Canary I recognize. Um, and and it, it, they're just they're, well, the
2: DC DC stuff is so hard though, right? Because their their costumes are blatant. You know, Marvel has been able to kind of skirt the line with costuming. Yeah you know, with their characters. So it doesn't it doesn't skew so ridiculous. I mean Iron Man's costume is essential. Spider Man's the only one really with a costume because Captain America gets away with wearing these paramilitary suits that kinda are decorated like his Captain America suit, but not really. Falcon's yeah. got armor on, but the wings are make him Falcon. War Machine speaks for itself just like Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I mean the only other one is Vision, who looked you know, overtly superheroish. And you could argue, well, that's the way he was designed because he's a robot, you know? So they, they managed to kind of get away with it that way. Hulk's got no uniform, you know? Right. But in Birds of Prey, in Bat, you know, like Batman looks like Batman. Superman's got to wear the Superman suit, you know? Um, yeah. It, it, these characters actually have to wear costumes yeah. in order to be identified as their, as their characters. And that can be very difficult because yeah. it, it, it could be done really badly. Yeah, hence Oscar Isaac as uh, Apocalypse in, oh, <laughs> in Age of Apocalypse. Oh man! <laughs> Birds of Prey
1: trailer two versus Morbius. Which one is a trailer truth and which one's uh, trash?
2: What, what? Okay, what is what is your category of truth versus trash? I get I get trash. Trash gonna, makes sense. I'm but what say, would the category of truth be in this? I'm gonna
1: say truth. We're gonna use the sports terminology for truth. Like that guy is the truth. Like when 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 they come out. A, versus which is better, versus, which is
2: more righteous. More righteous yes, trailer. Versus
1: trash.
2: I would say that birds of prey for me only because it does, it, it, it doesn't seem to follow the same formula. So it's interesting as to see, okay, how do they, how does it all fall together? How are you going to, how are you going to uh, eke a, a successful movie out of all these images that you've thrown at me, which yeah. makes it interesting. Morbius is pretty straightforward. I'm I'm still gonna see it. I'm still interested in seeing it, but it's not as interesting looking. Yeah. Right. Out, right off the bat, as a uh, bird of prey. I'm gonna
1: agree with you. I'm gonna go. Birds of prey trailer is the truth. Morbius trailer is the trash. However.
2: Oh, that's harsh, though. I didn't, I didn't. want to say that. However. I call it trash.
1: I have a feeling I'm gonna walk into Morbius like I walked into Venom, and and. So yeah, gonna you're, gonna, you're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna. I'm like. I'm like. Well, I don't really have high hopes for this. Good. We'll need something. And I'm gonna to fight walk over. out. I'm gonna walk out and be like, Oscar Nom.
2: Because you're oh, Oscar Nom next. No, year. <laughs> no, you did not walk out of Venom feeling Oscar Nom. You were like, Hey, this isn't so bad. That's the exact <laughs> extent of it. And now you're talking about you're gonna walk out like you know like we're gonna protest. We have to go and we have to make a stand. I, when
1: when we come back our interview with the spin doctors celebrating their 30th
2: oh look kid Herring is fighting cersei again yeah <laughs> ain't that something ain't that something
1: are they gonna Are they gonna bring to Harrison? Are they gonna, are they gonna are they Yes, Marvel's attempt. This is Marvel's attempt to do like do it. Do it like, all. Just to record the ending of Game of Thrones. Isn't Maybe it?
2: so. Maybe this will be how they do it. We're gonna it's do it. Great 91, Two Princes? Oh, hello.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. As Hassan was just alluding to late last year, I had the privilege of interviewing Eric Shankman, the guitarist from the iconic 90s band Spin Doctors, who are currently on tour celebrating their 30th anniversary as a band. Let's listen in. All right, you guys, uh, Spin Doctors are celebrating thirty years together. Um, what does that feel like? What does that feel like to you guys every time you walk on stage now? Oh, uh, I feel like it. Uh, it feels great, actually.
3: It's it's an amazing thing when four people can say that they've been playing together for thirty years. I mean, first of all, it, it the, you know you're all still here. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've lost- lost a lot of friends along the way you know it's like uh, that's number one is that everybody's still here it's an amazing thing to, to have everybody still still around. And the other thing, too, is that everybody still plays. We all, we've all we all continued to play and play and play, like, you know, over the years. So it's not only is it a great thing because everybody's still around, but it's a great thing because it'll be really great music, and we're going to get to do more songs than we normally do. We'll get to dig a little deep, and it's going to be fun for
1: everybody. Yeah, talk to me about the show. Uh, you know, how did it come about? I mean, is it is it, you know, whose idea was it? Uh, obviously, you know, these milestone... Uh, you know uh, yeah, we things. Just decided, we decided uh, we decided as a group that we should do uh, you know
0: we should we, we didn't want to do anything too big necessarily but you know like I mean too long or anything
3: like a tour or something like that but we wanted to celebrate our 30th anniversary in the city where we started the band and where we could Likely, you know, see some old familiar faces from way back when, as well
1: as other times too. So it's kind of a no-brainer. So it was—it was just easy. It was just easy getting everyone together. Everyone was there wasn't even a, a hesitation, I guess. No, because we work together like regularly all year long. We've been working together for the last, you know, however many years it is. We just don't normally do like it was very easy. Yeah, it was like okay, let's do this, and everybody was like. Everybody said, "Yeah, let's do this." So, cool. Believe me, it's a great thing for us. We're all totally psyched. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, take me through the early years. Get me, give me. Uh, I, you know, just reading through your bio, there were so many twists and turns. It seems as to how you guys even materialized. Um, which is ironic yeah, because, I'm sure, man. oh yeah, well, I was going to say it's ironic because your sound. I mean, you hear it, you know, it's Spin Doctors immediately. Like even people who might not even know who you are, they've heard your music. They just and and it's just so. Uh, related to the night, you know, like that early 90s scene, it's just, it's so, um, you know, I, I can't even think of the word, like it's just, it's just, it's just connected directly to it, so yeah, so take me through those early years, how, how did you guys I, get I suppose, there? I, I suppose, it's a bit, it's, it's a bit, um,
0: but it's connotative, and it maybe slightly cathartic for some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. and
3: um, for us, the band really, in a nutshell, the group started, um, I, I I approached Chris, you know, thirty years ago, and I said, "Let's put a band together." And uh, he said, "Okay." And uh, and I approached Aaron, and I said, do "You want to you want to play in my, in my band?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "I'm serious about this," which is which is a joke which <laughs> is actually a joke between us because
0: he's a great, great drummer and he was sort of planning to be, I don't know, you know, what he is, kind of a session drummer or whatever. Sure. And so I said to him, I'm starting a group, man. You got to take it seriously. I don't want you to be in any other
3: groups. And at the time, he was kind of he kind of laughed at me. He was kind of like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm into it. But then considering what happened with the group and how it materialized and how it went along, it was pretty amazing because in the end, it turns out that it's, you know, I mean, we've been playing together for 30 years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and,
3: and, Nobody ever, like, we all went, you know, we all realized that um, we we went along without a bass
0: player, uh, a regular guy, for a while. We had about six bass players we funneled through Mm -hmm. for the first, say, six months for
3: gigging. But by the time Mark, um, who was playing with Aaron in in another band, actually, at the time, by the time Mark came and and played three notes with us,
0: that was, like, the the final piece of
3: the puzzle. So, um, yeah, it's been a great run of, like, us really celebrating over the years, like that, that union, that like, it's so amazing in music when you find people that you can click with, I mean, you know it in one second,
0: right? And what's really interesting is that it's been like that for 30 years, and that's not even
1: saying that we necessarily get along as people all the time, (laughs) we're like brothers, right? Sure. We don't necessarily get along, but we
3: love the music, and we love what we do together, and that has never
1: changed. No, that's awesome. Yeah, take me through the construction yeah. of your most iconic songs. You know, Two Princes obviously, uh, you know, kind of comes to mind immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Chris, Chris was Chris was singing that, that Two Princes melody.
0: And uh we put the I, I just I just made the chords underneath it he sort of had an idea that the tonal center mm-hmm. um, the chords came up and that rhythm as soon as I played that air and locked into it and that was it we all it, this band is full of a lot of moments like that yeah where, like we'll find something Oh, that's it and it's like and it stays there right so we're not really we're, we, we don't have a history of like going deep on construction mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. we're
3: much more and we that in rehearsal too we don't rehearse often like we'll rehearse for this gig but we don't necessarily rehearse often we won't even sound check we'll just hit and there's just something about the chemistry between us is we'll we will we always play good together and it's and it's always really really you know like that so two princes was like um one of those songs jimmy olsen was like that too little miss was
0: like that too all of those songs happen very very quickly for the most part Mm -hmm. and um
3: Sure. Where we only played it only played in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh like basically until we were like in the voice, you, if you looked at the village voice
0: back then you'd see spin doctors all over the place. Uh-huh. But we'd never be out of but you if you came down to see us at a club, there'd be like a lineup out the door and the place would be nuts. Yeah.
3: So eventually we started branching that out, and that's how we found our management too. Everybody kind of found us in that vibe. Wow. Like, wow, what's this? So it kind of it happened very naturally. It's very, very organic or,
1: Was there a scene? Yeah, was there like a scene for that? I mean, or, or like, uh, did you yes. come up with a bunch of other bands that also kind of made it at the time? Yes,
3: yeah, there was totally a scene. Yeah, the scene, the 90s scene in New York, was kind of like the precursor to what Rolling
0: Stone started talking about um, in terms of the Grateful Dead, like the Red Dead, you mm-hmm. know, like the next generation with the jam bands. Okay. And so, uh, Blues Traveler and the Spin Doctors and a few other bands, notably. Well, Joan Osborne is another person that was on that scene. Yeah. We all played the same clubs. We all had the same basic
3: idea about music, too. There was an openness. There was a little jazz in it. There was improvisation possibilities. Um, And there was a lot of, you know, New York at the time, and probably still is, the type of place where, you know, you're just constantly amazed by the amount of talent that that you're looking at, and you've never heard of any of it. Yeah. Well, we, we we fit into that perfectly and um and we were
0: kind of like when you'd walk into a club back then you'd be like what what where'd this come from wow. you know what i mean and and um yeah so um so that
3: scene really happened and it sort of came up and then uh, wetlands the club wetlands kind of embraced it
0: mm-hmm. and then people
3: started writing about it but i clearly remember before anybody was writing about it because uh, i i i, I I grew. I was in high school with a bunch of deadheads. Aaron was a deadhead. I wasn't actually a deadhead mm-hmm. myself personally. I kind of liked the Allman Brothers Band. Sure. If I had to pick a, a two drummer band, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, is that at that point in New York, I like. I was. I, I went down to the Wetlands one night and I said to the person I was with, I can't remember who I was with, but the spins hadn't really even happened yet, or maybe we had. I can't remember. And I said, uh, I said, these
0: guys are like re hippies. And then I just never forgot that because I'm good at naming stuff. And like I was like, because I grew up... I'm, I'm, I'm born in like 1963, right? So when I was like, you know, eight years old, I was wearing bell-bottoms mm-hmm, and hanging out mm-hmm. with hippies. Yeah. And it's like... No, it was, it's so weird. It was like, this is like re-hippies, man. <laughs> like, you know,
3: and then... And then the scene kind of embraced that, you know, the dead was th- was still happening and whatnot, and it kind of grew out of that, and then there was a period of time where, um, you know, the wetlands kind of became the hub a little bit, and the Nightingale Bar, there's a bunch of clubs in New York,
0: it's worth mentioning that the cabaret law in New York City was repealed in 1980, Okay, I think six, and that
3: also opened up venues for the spin doctors to play at too. So New York was very club happy back then. You could you could get a gig, and we got lots. And we used to play on Bleecker Street. Okay. For tourists. We'd play a bunch of blues songs, then we'd start playing our stuff. Or we'd go play at the Wetlands. We'd jam and play. You know, and and. and you know, uh, stretch stretch everything out. The point I'm trying to make though is that after that Rolling Stone, I can't remember when it was. It must have been like '89, '90, stuff like that. Sure. '91. When they wrote when they wrote about the jam band scene, they featured like us and Fish and Blues Traveler, and it was kind of like after that, the history started mimicking
1: the press. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It start started to you know what's the word you know like head and tail you know follow follow around like a dog chasing his tail you know what I mean yeah no yeah chicken and egg theory right
3: yeah that's why we're the spin doctors everything was spinning around at the time so we just had to know better so we just you know we just we we didn't you know what I mean it's just like so that happened and that was really the scene you're talking
0: about yeah that scene
3: um that like grew uh, amazingly and the crowd was you know that it became national
0: yeah I mean I'm not saying From New York outwards, because I'm a big believer in universal ideas. Like I think it was happening, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of like you know it. it, And then we took it out. The Horde tour happened the summer after that, which was sort of an expression of those three bands. Yeah, it was like us, Traveler, Fish, and uh, uh, Aquarium Rescue. Yeah, and yeah, and so we spent a summer together with those guys. And at the end of that summer. Our song "Little Miss Campy Rock" took off. Mm-hmm.
3: It was actually in the middle of the tour. So then, Spin Doctors had a little change then because we had a pop song all of a sudden, right? Yeah. So at that point, our trajectory sort of veered a little bit from those other bands, and we became more of like a radio band at that point, which, in 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 hindsight, is a hard thing
1: actually to manage. Yeah. Well, actually that was my next question too, which is, you know, take me now, you know, little miss hits and I mean, uh, you know, I was in high school in like 94 and, you know, going the school bus, we heard you and Blind Melon every day on Z, like the, the 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 bus driver had, had Z100 on and, you know, it was it was you and No Rain, which ironically, even though that's it's commercial rock, I mean, those are those are two of the greatest albums I've ever listened to, you know. So it's amazing that uh, you know, at the same time it was it was commercial, it was quality at the same time, but yeah, so take me through that, 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 you know, now you guys are known, you're a real band now. It's not just, you know, you're not just playing for your friends anymore.
3: Yeah, so then we just got real big, real fast, and we took our show on the road, and um, and, and we, we for the first, uh, you know, for the first little while, anyways, for sure, the, um, it, it really went kind of according to plan. It was like, you know, we expanded it, it was good, you know, your ego gets a little big, but you got the bigger gigs and whatnot. Then what happened was, um, Um, they uh, uh,
0: called for the next record in the contract because we had a contract with them. Mm-hmm. So when they did that, um, we met the uh,
3: the expectations
1: of the record company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mean we met them. I mean, we encountered them. Yeah. And so what we encountered was, you know, all of that. And that was very difficult to deal with. I think Ego had a problem there.
0: I think, um, you know, just knowing who we were. We, we weren't ever a band that was known for like a terrifically strong image. Yeah. So... Sure. Because when I look at it in like five capsule, I look back and I go, you know, and I said this back then too. It's like if the record company had never called for the second record right there, if we had to just worked Kryptonite for another year, and we should have.
3: Uh huh. I think they, I think we would have lasted in a different way. Yeah. Because we really got knocked off our game a little
1: bit. We didn't know what to do with these expectations. Mm-hmm. We tried very hard to make a record, but we were too conscious of ourselves at the time. That makes sense. And
3: Together and made another record, and at that point, um, it started again.
0: Like yeah.
3: we, we had enough. One of our, one of our roadies, our old time roadies, died of brain cancer. Um,
0: we we had, you know, reunited as as brother friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was in like uh, you know jumping on the
3: 90s bandwagon whatever they said it was whoever the fuck they are Mm -hmm. and we kind of like made our own way and when the coast was clear you know we're a band that's never really bent to economy like we've never really looked at the at the bank of it all and said okay let's make a good business to say we do that now because we're old (laughs) at the time it was
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I want to ask you. So, I want to ask you about uh, about the current stuff you're doing, but I want to ask a quick follow up to something you mentioned. And I always, I, I'm happy you kind of said this because I always feel like this is the case. You said you became self conscious about your own success. And, and it's almost like a, like a, you will know, use a sports analogy. I always tend to do that. You know, it's like a, a football player who's in his own head, like a quarterback who's in his own head. You know, all of a sudden, it's yeah, like. Absolutely. That's what it's in your own head. Great way to put. It. Yeah, so, I mean, take me through that. I mean, were you guys in the studio? I mean, uh, you, 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 you touched upon it, and I think that's such an interesting thing, because, you know, you're you're almost living up to this expectation of being the Spin Doctors now, as opposed to, we're a band called the Spin Doctors. Yeah, exactly. It's, you, you got it. That's exactly
3: right. It's it's, um, it's exactly what it was. Exactly like that. You're in your own head,
1: and you have to figure out how to get out of your own head. Was there like a moment in the studio when you guys were talking about this, or was there like a like a stopping point when you were re- recording that follow-up? No, where... yeah,
3: yeah, it was. It was when it was when I left.
1: Mm-hmm. I quit the band. Mm-hmm. That's when it was. Okay. I quit
0: the band at '94 because I just, cause that's where I was at
3: with it. I couldn't. I didn't. I I didn't want it. To, I, I I I really wanted the band to be what it was.
2: Hmm.
3: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see any other direction. All I could see was you know. I remember saying at one point, I'm like. You know, why are we playing? Why are we going out behind the second record playing bigger venues than we played
2: last year? We need to play the same size or smaller so that there's a lineup around the block.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's where I was coming. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's the two, the two competing factions are really that versus, you
3: know, the hardcore business of it where your manager's getting 20% and he wants you to play a bigger venue because he's going to make 20%.
0: Sure. And then in the middle of all that is reason, which is, you know, that might be a good idea, it might not be a good idea. And the only
3: way to figure out reason is to communicate. And that was our problem. Right then, we didn't communicate. We were not communicating with each other in any kind of a way. We communicate the spin doctors, guys. We communicate much better with each
0: other musically than we
1: do in words. Very cool. Well, Eric, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, your candor. And I love getting into the history. And like I said, you guys are so connotative with that early scene. It's, and and you know, for me... It was like one of the, some of the best years of my life, just being in high school, and, and uh, you know, d- just the creative energy of the early '90s was was so palpable in like in everything, in 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 music and comics and art. I mean, it was so great.
3: Well, I'm really glad to
1: talk to you about it. It's, you really woke up the conversation, and
3: we talked about some some uh, some lively
1: stuff. Awesome, man! Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay, brother. Thank you for the interview. I appreciate it too. Take care. Thank you. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. We do this every week. We go spinning the comic to, spin to movie racks. Spin the rack, spin that rack. Win,
0: win, win, win.
2: I gotta say, before you start talking, yeah, I was yeah. in I was in Best Buy the other day, yeah, and in the movie section, yeah, it is pitiful, man. Like we are losing tangible media. I just want to say that. I just want to. I want to put my protest out there. I
1: was actually surprised how much they had. I went to Best Buy over Christmas break to uh, to buy something for my dad for for Christmas, and uh, I was like, well, I'll stop in Best Buy!" But they don't have anything anymore, do they? And they actually had a few racks. So, I was, and
2: that in and of itself is a statement, isn't it? Yeah, because well, that used to. I remember Best Buy used to have rows and rows, and you well, have to. It took a while to walk. I'm through I'm saying that they, had more, they
1: had more. They had more uh this past time than I thought they had I know. last time. So. I'm
2: saying the fact that you thought that, that that you even thought that that would be a waste of your time I know statement. You know? Yeah. No that's it yeah. You're yeah. Bad. Well that's that's the loss right. of tangible media is a bad move. I'm telling you apocalypse retail I mean, it, apocalypse it is. It's a bad mood for all of us. It really is. All right the next thing in the news they're gonna launch the EMP and then we're all gonna be without movies.
1: Well that's true. That's true. That's that's the inevitable.
2: You know? It is. It's gonna the happen. Inevitable
1: it's an epic to hear
2: first on on secrets of the Sonic. <laughs> you All heard um, from us. We
1: love we love this because we like to uh give you some behind the scenes of the comic book world. This is the stuff that will make their way into the theaters uh later on. And this one's kind of interesting too. Uh Shredder will become the Green Power Ranger in a TMNT crossover. Uh so this is by Boom <laughs> Studios. <laughs> The Power Rangers and the Mutant Ninja Turtles have a new yet familiar enemy in the latest issue of Boom Studios' Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic uh, as the villain Shredder becomes the new Green Ranger. Uh, The Green Ranger will make his first full appearance in the third issue of a five-part limited series event. The crossover has been going on since December and tells the story of worlds colliding as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fight and eventually team up with the Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is for all team-ups, isn't it?
2: That's that's officially... A brand new damned idea. Yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. If you want something new, kids, whoever came up with that idea, he's your go-to guy. It's, I'm going to make uh, Shredder the Green Ranger. Holy – I can't even imagine what the pitch meeting was like. on that. It's written by uh, Ryan Parrott. I'm telling you this will work. Darn it. I'm going to make so. him the Green Ranger. All right. Okay. All Marvel
1: right. announces a new Power Pack series. Nice. Power Packs, yes, for the some '80s '80s Power Pack fans. They're not all, those all, kids aren't growing up yet, huh? All they're twelve, old. all twelve of them, they're out there. Uh, Marvel's bringing back Power <laughs> Pack, <laughs> hey! Spinning out of the Outlawed event, the unbeatable Skrull girl, writer and Brian North, uh, teams with artist Nico Leone uh, to reunite Katie, Julie, Jack, and Alex Power for the new five-issue miniseries, full of superhero and family how adventures. Old
2: they, how old are they? Because if they're still yeah, toddlers, they that's... are.
1: The first issue will ship with a cover by Absolute Carnage artist Ryan Stegman, friend of the show, actually Ryan Stegman. Um, plus a variant by Leon and another by Edward excellent, Petrovich. Excellent, excellent, One more for the uh, – uh, one more reboot. This one I'm actually excited about. Uh, Marvel is rebooting New Warriors with writer Daniel Kibblesmith. Nice. Who loves skateboarding heroes. Uh, it's been five years since anyone's heard from the New Warriors, while the core team of young superheroes, Night Thrasher, Firestar, Silhouette, Rage, Speedball, and Namorita spent years fighting crime in the 90s. They were all but destroyed when they sparked 2005's Civil War. Remember that? Uh, they got blowed up. <laughs>
2: yeah. Since then, they've been reassembled. I vaguely reassembled. remember that, actually. And I so- remember, so, like, what the, What happened to it? You can't just blow up the New Warrior. <laughs> I know.
1: Uh, this is also coming out of the wake of Outlaw. You
2: can't blow up Five Star. She was one of the Spider-Man's amazing friends on television.
1: And uh, the implementation of Kamala's Law across the Marvel Universe this spring, which decrees no one under 21 can be a superhero. So that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So they've they've outlawed uh, teen superheroes.
2: Oh, Watchmen. A little Watchmen action. That I like that, though. There. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. I like that. That like ruins a lot of superhero teams in the Marvel Universe, though. Well, now they've <laughs> got to be outlaws. There was, um, well, I'm saying there, there's a substantial, just almost an unprecedented amount of of uh, underage crime fighters in the Marvel Universe,
1: So check including this out. Spider-Man. Yeah, Night Thresher has resurrected his old team with the goal of mentoring a new generation of heroes, whether they like it or not. Hmm. Now, older and hopefully a little bit wiser, it's up to the new warriors to guide a brand new team of recruits 30 years after they began fighting for justice themselves. Uh Kibblesmith is a late show with Stephen Colbert writer, actually. Uh, he's launching the book with Luciano Vecchio. Uh, it provides a perfect jumping on point for new fans while calling back to the original series. If writing superhero team was enough, Kibblesmith and Vecchio also created and designed five new superhero recruits for the book. So that is your that is your comics to film update, things that are going on in the in the Marvel universe. I mean, again, we laugh, but we have a Morbius movie. Like it's <laughs>
2: It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, all those things, you know, yeah. e- including Shredder becoming a Power Ranger, fine with me. That's 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 outside of the box. You can't say that's not outside of the box. Yeah, yeah. And I, bringing I, back Power Pack. I mean, look, no, when has when nostalgia ever gone wrong for us in the last five years? You know. Well,
1: we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Uh, we've we've done our best to bring you surprises and
2: awesome it's things. Pronounced surprise.
1: And uh, next week, we still don't know what we're going to talk about. But hey, Shand- stop admitting that! But Pat Shand will be here. Uh, oh man, I'll be here. Poetic taking with that week all off. Of all three of us will be uh, in the Cyrus Studios Digital Studio Network, and uh, we will we will have some fun. We'll we'll go. We'll just we'll just run the game. We'll just shoot the S with them. You know,
2: I love shooting the S. That's right, S. the That's S deserves right. it.
1: We will see you guys next week.